turned on the radio, and the first news I heard was the horrible news of a terror attack in Afghanistan, where someone had loaded an ambulance full of explosives. There's some hateful people in this world. Hundreds, reports said, over a hundred of such people were killed. And, um, you know, if we're not careful, we'll hear things like that. And it won't phase us. Because it seems like it's so far away. But the reality is that we live in a culture of death. We live in a culture of violence. It's all around us. It's in our country. It's in our states. It's in our neighborhoods. But we must never get used to hearing it. We must never not allow it to affect us. The Bible tells us that these are the times upon which the coming of the Lord will come. We are living in perilous times. No more time for playing around. No more time for just having church. The Bible teaches us it's high time to wake up out of our sleep. It's time to quit being just hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word. And my prayer today is that this word will penetrate our hearing and get down into our spirits. It will motivate us and challenge us and most of all, change us to be ready for the soon coming of the Lord. My prayer is that not one person will leave this sanctuary the same way you came in. But that something will happen in each and every one of us through this message today. Amen? And so, I want to ask if you would go with me to the book of Acts in the 16th chapter of the book of Acts. We'll begin at verse 25, and I'll read down to verse 34. And I believe God is going to do a mighty work in our midst today. Acts chapter 16, starting at verse 25. And at midnight... Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. 
And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, and he sprang in, and he came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out, and he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. They spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night. Somebody say the same hour. The same hour. They didn't wait till the next Sunday. They didn't wait till the more convenient time. But in the same hour of the night, they washed their stripes and was baptized he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. It's not just the will of God that you be saved. He wants your whole house. Wants your whole house. Hallelujah. So upon reflection of these verses of scripture, my text title will be the ultimate question. What must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? Will you join me in prayer, not only for yourself, but let's pray for our friends and guests that are here today, those that are watching and those that will be watching. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, there's nothing more urgent, there's nothing more important in this moment that men and women and children would have that same question answered and that they would have the fortitude and the willingness to obey your word. Eternity, 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 eternity. Oh, God is hanging in the balance. I pray, Lord, for everybody under the sound of my voice that if you find yourself lacking, that somewhere, somehow, this day, you will repent of your sins and come forth and give your life to God in total obedience. But nothing else is more important. Lord, we ask this blessing today in the name of Jesus Christ. And let the church say, in Jesus' name. If you believe somebody's going to get it, would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? I believe somebody's going to get it. I believe somebody's going to get it today. I believe somebody's going to get baptized today. I believe somebody's going to be filled with the Holy Ghost today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Grant it, Lord. Grant it. In Jesus' mighty name, God bless you, and you may be seated. What must I do? 
to be saved. When I look at the 16th chapter of the book of Acts, we find here where Paul and Silas were thrown into prison. They had been beaten and they had been ridiculed all because of preaching the truth. We live in a world today where people don't want the truth. People will get mad at you for telling them the truth. They want their ears tickled and they want to be made to feel good. And, and that's what religion has done. Religion has conditioned people. To go to church service after service just to get a good feeling. And walk out just as lost as they were when they came in. And when you stand up and tell them the truth, they don't want to hear that. Amen. Paul and Silas were whipped. They were beaten. They were cast into not just prison, but they were thrown into the inner prison. And they set a guard over them who was to guard them with his life. This guard didn't care nothing about Paul and Silas. He didn't care nothing about their bruises. He didn't care nothing about their pain. All he cared about was they're going to be locked up until it's time for them to be dealt with. Inside of that inner prison were all kinds of prisoners. There were sounds that would come from that dungeon. You would hear weeping and crying and complaining. You would hear cursing and profanity. Those were the normal things you would hear coming out of that dungeon. But when Paul and Silas went down there, out of the deep darkness, you could hear prayer. Out of the deep darkness, you could hear singing. Oh, there's something about it. When you can be in a situation where everybody else would lose their mind and lose their stability, but something inside of you, hallelujah, you can find a reason to worship and you can find a reason to praise no matter how bad it gets, no matter how hard it gets. There's something inside that says I can still worship the Lord. And when Paul and Silas began to sing and began to praise, the Bible says all the prisoners heard them. But lets me know they weren't singing softly. They weren't praying to themselves. Oh, they prayed with a loud voice. That's why I tell folks, I said, listen, if you've got the Holy Ghost living inside of you, if you've been baptized in the name of Jesus, you should never come to church and just be quiet. You ought to be able to give God a loud shout. You ought to be able to give God a hearty praise. Hallelujah. It's never that bad. It's never that bad. It's never that bad that you can't give God the glory that's due unto his name. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something, when you worship the Lord, when you sing praises to God, when you join in with the saints of the Lord, hallelujah, things begin to happen not only a blessing for you, but it's a blessing for everybody around you. 
People are looking at you. People are watching you. You are ministering when you don't even know you're ministering. You don't know what that lady has been through. She's a visitor. She's a guest. And she's watching you. And when she see your hand lifted up, something moves inside of her. Hallelujah. You are blessing other people by your worship under God. Don't you sit there with your arms crossed and your legs crossed and your attitude crossed. Somebody needs you to worship. Somebody needs you to praise him. Right in the middle of a prison. Right in the middle of black darkness. They begin to sing. They begin to praise. And God sent an earthquake. Want to get things shaken? You want to get things moving? It ain't going to come by you just patty kicking. You want an earthquake and devil disturbing pew jumping revival? You got to be ready to get involved. You got to be ready to get active. Every praise, every praise, every praise. God, shake us up, shake us up, shake up out of our conformity, shake up out of our, hallelujah, apathy. Send us a Holy Ghost earthquake. Notice in the scripture, God sent the earthquake. It didn't just bless Paul, it didn't just bless Silas. Bible says everyone's bands were loose. What we got is contagious. What we have spreads. Might start with one or two on this side, but that's all God needs is one or two. But we get one or two people on this side to get a little bit happy. If we can get one or two in the middle of the, oh, just to get a little bit excited. Hallelujah, for you know it, that thing will be starting to spread all over the church and everybody will get loose. Everybody will get free. Everybody doors will open. Somebody shout hallelujah. 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 Man, I tell you, that place begin to shake. The walls begin to come apart. The foundations of the deep were broken. And the doors to the prisons were open. That jailer, that jailer looked around. He was like, oh my goodness. He looked and saw the doors hanging off the hinges. Surely the prisoners have escaped. I am in trouble. <laughs> he grabbed his sword because he knew what was going to happen. He said, rather than face that, I'll just kill myself. He grabbed his sword. He said, it's over. It's done. There's no way out of this. I messed up. And when he lifted his sword to kill himself, he heard a voice. Paul said, stop. Do thyself no harm. We all here. I believe the Holy Ghost got a word for somebody. Stop. Do yourself no harm. 
We are still here. The church is still here. You still got hope. You still got a chance. You still got a way out. Tell somebody we're still here. We're still here. Can you imagine what that jailer was going through? Can you imagine what he was feeling? And then he heard that voice. He looked around and saw everybody in place. He knew something supernatural was present. And that's something we need to recognize. We are not just here by ourselves. There is something supernatural here. God is in the building. God is in this building. And when God is in the building, anything is possible. Anything can happen. Pagella, he lit a lantern. He lit the fire. And he come walking through the smoke. And he made himself over to Paul. And Paul and Silas, he was shaking. He was trembling. And he had a question. What shall I do to be saved? What a question. That's a powerful question. That's a very important question. That question has been asked by men and women of all ages, of all backgrounds, of all religions. What must I do to be saved? When I began to examine the scriptures and particularly focusing on this question, I found out it was a loaded question. First, you don't see it. But when you stop and begin to meditate on it, think on it. See, when I read the scripture, it's like eating a good juicy steak. I mean, some things you can't just gobble down. Some things you got to take it slow. Chew it real good. Get all the spices out of it. Get all the juices out of it. And I just started chewing on that verse. And I started seeing things in that verse. And I realized that he asked that question, the most important question that ever came from human lips. It's a great question. It was great for him, and it's great for you. It's great for me. What must I do to be saved? He didn't ask, what must I do to get by? He didn't ask, what must I do to be religious? He didn't ask, what must I do to get blessed? Or what must I do to be a better person? No, he didn't ask those trivial questions. But he asked the most important question of all. What must I do to be saved? So upon close examination, I recognized at least five implications hidden in the question. The first implication I want to bring forward to you is this. In that question, it implies that there is a difference 
between being saved and being lost. There's a major difference. God has laid divisions in the Bible. There's a major difference. Jesus put people into two categories, only two. And the categories were not rich and poor. They were not Republicans, Democrats. He didn't divide people up according to their social economic situation or the color of their skin or the language that they spoke. No, no, no. The division that Jesus brought forth was the same division when he talked about the two gates. One was broad and one was narrow. The same division when he talked about the two foundations. One house is built on the sand and the other house is built on the solid rock. Hallelujah. When Jesus divided men, he divided them not between rich and poor, learned or unlearned, or perfect or imperfect. He divided them between one, those that have life and those that don't have life. This is what he said. He that have the son have life. He that have not the son have not life. So this question implies that if you, if you can be saved, then you can be lost. You're one or the other, even, even right now. There's no in-between. Right now, where you're sitting in your chair, you're either lost or you're saved. You're either in the church or you're out the church. There's no, there's no, there's no in-between. You're either ready to meet God right now or you're ready to split hell wide open. You're one or the other. Amen. The second implication that I found in the question is, when the man asked the question, what must I do to be saved? It implied that the man knew he was lost. A lost, a saved man ain't going to ask, what must I do to be saved? He knew he was lost. He knew he was guilty. He knew he was undone. He knew his life was messed up. And so he asked the question, I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, friends and neighbors, that's one thing you've got to reckon with yourself. you got to know. you got to be absolutely sure if you're saved or not. I'm an evangelist. I preach all over the country. Had some opportunities to go overseas and preach. And one thing I found out, people are the same wherever you go. It's amazing. You got idiots in America. You got idiots in England. Idiots in idiots everywhere. People hard-headed, stubborn, proud. It's everywhere. And one of the biggest challenges I face as an evangelist is to convince people that they're lost. Because folks don't want to hear that. Everybody think they're saved. Everybody think they're going to heaven. Nobody goes to hell anymore. Doesn't matter what kind of life you live, how much sin you committed, you, he's in a better place now. People dying left and right. And every time you turn around, rest in peace. Rest in heaven. It makes me sick. Because nobody's telling the truth. 
let me give you another little tidbit of information in case you haven't noticed. You read somebody's obituary, they got included in the obituary. He received the Lord at an early age. That means he won't say. He didn't live like nothing. He didn't do like nothing. And he died with nothing. And they're trying to make everybody feel good about it. I'm telling you, friend, I need the truth. You need to hear the truth. You're not ready. You're not ready. You're on your way to hell right now. And unless you get right with God. You got to know where you are. You got to realize where you stand. Being religious ain't saved nobody. Even Jesus went to a priest and said, except you be born again, you ain't going to make it. But I hear the question, the man implied that he knew. He knew he wasn't saved. And there are people here now. You're smiling at me, ain't you? I see you smiling at me. You know you ain't saved. Your pastor tell you, yeah, you good, you good. He lying. <laughs> you okay, you okay. You ain't saved. That's why people, we, not, we need to get back in the book. We need to read the book for ourselves. We need to quit being lazy and let no go to Bible college and get degrees and tell us what the Bible says. We can read it for ourselves and realize where we need to be. <laughs> Hallelujah. When I hear the question asked, it implies he knew he was lost. He didn't deny it. What must I do to be saved? Hallelujah. The third great implication I found in the question is the realization that he recognized it was possible for him to be saved. Tell me what I need to do. It's possible for me to be saved. Yes, it is. An old, wretched sinner like me, yes, it is. But you don't know what I've done. I don't need to know what you've done. But I'm a jailer. I, I, I lock people in. I, I, I fast their feet to the floor. I curse them and I, I watch them suffer. And I, I deliver them to the executioner. I'm not a good person. But it's still possible. Because you can never be so bad that the arm of the Lord can't reach you. You can never be so sinful that the blood of Jesus can't cleanse you. Hallelujah. There's nothing you can do in this world that he's not able to cover you and save you and redeem you. Somebody say, it's possible. It's po yes, you can be saved. Yes, you can be washed in the blood. I remember years ago, an old friend of mine, when I was testifying and, and sharing my testimony about how God changed my life, they couldn't believe it. They was like, Mike Easter, Mike Easter, the rank of sinner that you are or were. You mean to tell me God going to forgive you of all that stuff you did? All that stuff? I said, all of it. <laughs> All that drinking, all that drugging, all that fornicating, all that lies you done told, all those people you cheated on, 
God will forgive you of all of that. I said, yes, and all the stuff I forgot about. He will forgive you to the uttermost. He'll cast your sin as far as the east is from the west. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Hallelujah. Somebody say, it's possible. Oh, he can turn a pimp to a preacher. He can make a Sunday school teacher out of a prostitute. Oh, yes, he can. He can turn your life around. He'll make the rough places smooth. He'll make the crooked places straight. He is well able to do exceeding abundantly above what we can ask or think. You come too late to tell me it's impossible. I'm just too bad. No, you're not. God can save me. He can save anybody. Never dream. <laughs> I would have thought you were on drugs. You told me back in the day I was going to be a preacher. I didn't even go to church. Didn't know nothing about the Bible. All I knew was party. <laughs> woogie, woogie, woogie. That's all I cared about. But to think that God would take somebody like that, wash him in the blood, plant his feet on a solid rock, and feed him the word of life. And now he's out here preaching and traveling like he never traveled. Oh, you come too late to tell me it can't happen. It can happen. He can take you off a crack. He can deliver you off those pills. He can turn your life around. He'll give you joy when there's weeping. He'll, hallelujah, he'll do it for you. God will do it for you. Somebody say it's possible. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's possible. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Fourth thing that I saw in the question, this loaded question, the fourth thing out of five. What must I do to be saved? The question the man asked implied he had a willingness He had a willingness. He wanted to be saved. And you know what's so puzzling to me about that? And I'm still trying to understand it. Why wouldn't anybody be saved? What's better than eternity with Jesus Christ? Is smoking worth it going to hell? Is fornicating worth going to hell? The temporary, temporary, temporary pleasures of this world, is that worth spending eternity in a lake of fire? Somebody say, it's not worth it. It's 
not worth an hour. It's not worth a second. It's not worth a moment of your time. If you're not where you need to be today, don't you hesitate one more minute. Don't you let this service pass you by. Don't you yield and wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. No, don't wait. Glory to God. It's not worth waiting. You got to have a willingness. Willingness. God, give us a will to do your will. Quit fighting the Spirit. Quit resisting the Holy Ghost. Quit leaning to your own understanding. Somewhere, somehow, you got to learn how to trust, I just trust God at His word. Don't go by how you feel. Feelings change. Word will never change. If God says it, I believe it, I'm going to do it. I'm willing, I'm willing, God, I'm willing. God, help me to be willing. Give me a willing heart. Take stubbornness out of me. Take arrogance out of me. Take pride out of me. Give me a spirit of willingness. I want it, I want it. Whosoever will. This man showed a willingness. His heart was sincere. What must I do to be saved? He wasn't asking that question just to get information. The people, all they want is information. They love the Bible. They read the Bible. They got Bible studies. They got notes all out the Bibles. They still not saved, though. They go to church. They don't miss a service, but they still not saved. All they want is information. All they want is know. I know the I know the I know the first five books of the Bible. Amen. I got a doctor degree. I got a I got a letter on my wall. I got my education off the internet. All they want is information. They don't have a willingness to obey. You know, that's what religion has done. There's a difference between being religious and being saved. Religion has conditioned people's minds. Over the years, people go to church service after service, and they sit there, and they listen to the preacher, and they nod their head. And they know just when to lift their hands and know just where to say hallelujah. Amen. They're religious. They wear crosses around their necks and they got Bibles with big old things on and buttons on their shirt. They religious. And they come to church and they hear the word and they don't obey. They smile and boy, that was a good sermon. That was a great sermon. He really preached. What did he say? I don't know, but he really preached. Really preached. They leave church and they smile and they feeling good. They can't wait to get to the restaurant. And then, man, they're having a good old time. And they get home and they're watching the football game and can't wait to go to work Monday and go back living in sin and doing the same old mess they've been doing. As long as I go to church, God knows my heart. He knows you're rebellious. He knows you're disobedient. He knows your heart and that ought to scare you. Dime a dozen preachers pet you on the head and say, you okay. You all right. You a good person. Yeah, you're on your way to hell. 
must I do to be saved? That's what I need to know. You get an answer, you better do something. Man, <clears throat> enough of this entertainment stuff. Enough of it. Too late now. Too close to the coming of the Lord now. Those people in Afghanistan that died in that explosion, they don't have a second chance. People that have been killed last night by gunshots and these gang-related incidents, they don't have a second chance. And we run around talking about rest in peace, rest in heaven. Some guy put on Facebook, save me a seat up there. Save you a seat? You're going to hell just like him. put this stuff in our head and put this stuff in our spirit and go to funeral after funeral lying to ourselves. Something ought to shake us. Something ought to get a hold of us. Something ought to make us want to do what God wants us to do. Hallelujah. Something got to get in us to give us a willingness, a willingness, a willingness. There's people right now, I hear you brother, I believe you brother, but I ain't going to do it brother. Right now, we got a baptistry full of water. It's ready. I came walking down the hallway, and I heard the water gurgling. I walked by. I couldn't see it where it was coming from. I said, man, a pipe done busted. I turned around and peeped around, and I saw the, oh, that's the baptistry. Yes. Yes. Somebody's going to hear the word. Somebody's going to obey the word. Somebody's going to be willing. Hallelujah. They're going to say yes. Yes. What must I do? Yes. I'll do it. Question implied. He had a willingness. The last thing that I noticed. Not only did the question implied. He had a willingness to be saved, but it also showed us that it was possible to be saved. But you must do something. What must I do? Do something. Brother, I thought, I thought you were not saved by works. You're not saved by your works, no. Jesus paid it all. I, I don't understand why I got to do something. Scripture says we are saved by grace through faith. We're saved by grace. Grace is God's part. God has given us what we don't deserve. Jesus died on the cross. He was buried and he rose from the grave on the third day and he's poured out his spirit. That's the grace of God. God did his part. But it's not going to help you unless you apply faith. Because we are saved by his grace through our faith. And faith without works is dead. You got to do something. What do I need to do? Jesus said, believe. He that believe and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Jesus didn't cut no corners. He laid it all out. 
Be saved, be down. What be will you be? Somebody say, I got to do something. Can't just sit there and cross your arms and say, well, yeah, that makes sense. Mm, that's a good sermon. I like that. I need to go home and check it out a little bit further. I need to get on Facebook and Google it up and all that. Blah, 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 blah. In the same hour, when that Philippian jailer got the answer he needed, in the same hour, he didn't wait another second. He didn't wait for another service. He didn't wait for another opportunity. In the same hour. Why are you waiting? You've waited long enough. Why are you putting it off? You're doing the devil's will. saddest thing the saddest thing about people in hell is the fact they realize I didn't have to be here I could have escaped it was so easy hallelujah what must I do I, I, it's a personal thing he didn't say, what must God do? No, no, no. What must the church do? No, uh-uh. What about my buddy? And don't worry about your buddy. What must I do? I do. You feeling it, don't you? I know you feel it. It's all over you. It's all over. I can, you, look at, you look at you squirming in your chair. You look, look at you. I'm looking at you. I see you over there. Mm. You got to do something. This man is pressuring me to do something today, 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 today. Oh man, I won't expect this. Why you come to church for then? Oh man, my wife not with me. Hey, get baptized and tell her later. My husband not with me. This person not with me. Look, we'll baptize you. Take your picture. Send it to them. But you got to make a decision. You've got to respond. You've got to say yes. You've got to obey God. It's on you. What must I do? If your friend won't do it, you do it. If your friend won't praise him, you praise him. If your friend won't get up, you get up. Don't wait for nobody else. Don't you wait for nobody else. What must I do to be saved? I'm coming to a close. It's a loaded question powerful question but it has a powerful answer you ready for the answer ready for the answer I don't act like y'all ready for the answer y'all ready for the answer y'all ready for the answer 
Paul looked at that jailer and he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only you, but your household. Your whole house shall be saved. What are you saying? What I'm saying is, God don't just want to bless you. He want to bless your whole house. He don't want to just save you. But he want to save your in-laws, your cousins, your aunts and your uncles, your grandparents, your nieces and your nephews, your brothers and your sisters, your whole house. God wants everybody. God wants every last one of them. It doesn't matter where they are, what they're doing. He said, if you do, if you do what you're supposed to do, ain't no telling what God will do with everybody else. That'll be enough to make me want to jump and shout right now. I want my whole family saved. I want my whole family in the church. I want everybody in my house to go to heaven. Do you really want it? Do you really want that? Let's all stand together if we're able. No man is an Allen. Well, what I do don't affect nobody. That's a lie. What you do affects everybody. What you decide right now in this service is going to affect your grandchildren. Don't be so selfish. Don't be so full of pride. Don't be so arrogant that you will see your family go to hell just because you ain't ready why not? This ain't Brother Easter. This is the work of God. Time quit being religious. Cross around your neck. You don't want to obey God. Don't impress me. So what? You got a big Bible. You write notes in it. But you don't obey God. So what? You a deaconess, an elder, a bishop. You don't obey this. Don't impress me. Those people died in an explosion unexpected. Had no idea. That was their last day on earth. Now they're in eternity. Now they believe. And you know what gets me about some people? They want to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. The very last minute. And all of a sudden, they have a stroke. They land up in the hospital. Half of their face paralyzed. Can't move, can't walk, can't talk. <laughs> then the preacher comes. Laying up in a hospital bed with tears streaming down their cheek. And with that good hand, they grabbed the preacher. 
pray for me. Pray for me. I'm ready. What? It came. You can't get out the bed. You got tubes running in and out of your body. But, but I'm ready now. I believe. Just say a prayer. Uh-uh, a prayer ain't going to get it. After you're born again. Water and spirit, no exceptions. I believe now. Too late. Too late! You had time. You had opportunities. Don't you blame God. God is not mocked. What so a man saw? That's what you're going to reap. Why are you waiting? Why even think about it? If you've not been baptized correct, you need to do it now. What must I do? Last verse, and I'm done. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Then this is how you ought to believe him. You need to do this. They heard this. They were pricked in their heart. They said to Peter and all the other apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? Tell us what to do, brother. Preacher! I need to know. Can you tell me? Tell me what I need to do. I don't want to know what you learned in Bible college. I don't want to know who's been handed down by your tradition. What does the Bible say I need to do? Are you ready for the answer? Here it is. Next verse. Verse 38. You've read it before, but you haven't done it yet. Then Peter said to them, repent. Repent! Stop living foolishly. Stop living in sin. Turn around! Stop being silly and stop being carnal. Turn around! Repent and be baptized. Every one of you. Every one of you. The Holy Ghost is talking. That means you. But I'm just visiting. That means you. I go to a different church. That means you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Got to be done that way. I've already been baptized. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You need to be baptized again. Oh, yes, you do. But, but my bishop baptized me. He did it wrong. Can you say that? Because the Bible says it. <clears throat> Jesus said, baptize everybody, all nations, same way, in the name, 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 in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. He didn't say repeat after me. He said, do. Do it. Baptize them in the name, 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 in the name of the Father. The name of the Father is and in the name of the Son. The name of the Son is? Jesus. And in the name of the Holy Ghost. The name of the Holy Ghost is? Jesus. Woo. Woo. 
Does it make a difference? Yes, because this is the only way you can have your sins remitted. It's for the remission of sins. It's for the washing away of your sins. It's for the blotting out of your sins. If you refuse this, you're going to still have your sins on you. This brings remission of sins. So you're going to walk away, right? Do your thing, fool. Because you got to be one to ignore this at this late hour. Got time to play with you. But obey God, he says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you know something? You need the Holy Ghost. That Holy Ghost is your teacher. That Holy Ghost is your strength. That Holy Ghost will help you to live straight. You'll love the things that God loves and hate the things that God hates. It's the Holy Ghost that's going to raise you up when the rapture takes place. There it is right there. That's the answer to the question. What must I do? And I'm here to tell you right now, there are people in this sanctuary that haven't done it. Straightway. In the same hour. You're going to sit there and smile and say no. You bow your heads with me. Dear God, what more do you have to do? Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. It's going to be there at the judgment. We will see it again. We've been given all kinds of blessings. We've been given all kinds of opportunities. You've been better to us than we deserve. And all you ask is that we be willing and that we believe and that we obey. Help us, Lord. Feel your spirit is pulling on me. You love me. You want everything for me. I yield to you. I'm not going to fight you. It's in your word and I receive it. I believe the word and I will obey it. Right now. Right this minute. I won't wait. I won't hesitate. I want to be saved more than I want to be popular. I want to be saved more than I want money. I want to be saved more than I want to be healed. I've got to make it today, right now, in Jesus' name. You want to say amen? Any takers? Is there anyone that want this? You're not saved. You're religious, but you're not saved. You may think you're a bad person, but it's not too late. It's possible. God can change you. Any takers? Anybody?
Jesus said the angels rejoice over what? Bow your heads one more time, church. There's more than one. Come on, pray, church. Come on, come on up to the front. You need this. Come on. Straightway, come now. Come on up here. Come on up here. Don't wait for your friends. Don't wait for your friends. Come on, step out. Excuse me. I'm going down front. I'm going to get this thing right. I want to be saved. That devil is talking to you. Shut him off and run. Shut the devil off and run on up here. This is good for every Baptist. This is good for every Catholic. This is good for every Scientologist. This is good for every Muslim. This is good for every Mormon. Come on down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, 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 come on. Come on. Come on, church. Keep praying. Keep praying, church. Keep praying, church. Keep praying in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And come on, keep praying. Oh, God, let them loose. Break the chains, Lord. Open the prison doors. Let them come out, Lord. Let them be loose today. Come on, let them be loose today. Let them be loosed. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, church, lift your voice. Hallelujah. Open up the prison doors. Let them come out. God is shaking this house. In the name of Jesus. I want to be saved. I want, I want to be saved. I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. Ah, ah. Somebody's still struggling. I want you to come. Somebody's still resisting. I want you to come on. Come on. We're waiting for you. Come on. Nothing's worth going to hell over. Nothing is worth missing God over. Come on. Hallelujah. Let's sing a song while they're still praying. Church, keep praying. Come on, sir. Come on, young person. Come on. In the same hour. Come on. What do you need to do? You need to do it now. We're still waiting for you. Will you come? Repent and be baptized. Every one of you. Heaven or hell, what's it gonna be? Or the wide gate. Which one? In the name of Jesus. Come on. It's not too late. It's not too late. Come on. And be baptized. Break every chain. Break every chain. Well, there's an army. 
whitewash your whole house. your whole house. just went to someone and they told me, they say, Brother Easter, we got baptized some time ago, but we're not sure if it was in the name of Jesus Christ. We're going to get baptized again to be sure. 
The Bible says, make your calling and election sure. If you were baptized in the past and you're not sure what the preacher said, you can be sure today. You can be sure today. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If you're not sure, you can be sure today. I've been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You were baptized wrong. Get it right today. I was baptized. I don't remember what they said. Come on up here and get it right. We'll make sure you remember. But we're ready to baptize these wonderful people. Come up on the stage. Want to be baptized? Come on up here. We got water ready. We got, listen, we got, we got to change the clothes. Robes, towels, everything. everything. Heated. Heated. My hand. Oh, it was an inconvenience of my hair. Hey, look, forget about your hair. It only takes about 15 minutes max. But what is that to eternity with God? All your sins washed away. When you go down in the water and the preacher says, in the name of Jesus, the blood comes to the water, cleanses every stain of sin. You come up out of the water a brand new creature, born again. Hallelujah. You are buried with him, with him, not with them. We are buried with him in baptism. And as he rose, we rise up to walk in a new life, the way God designed. Brother Easter, how come people getting baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost? That didn't start until the Catholic Church changed it. And they had no authority to change the Word of God. And from the year 325, religion had been baptizing in titles and not the name. And churches have picked it up. Religions have picked it up. But you know something? Not one place in the whole Bible can you find anybody being baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Not one time. They were baptized in the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ. People that are called by my name. Name makes a difference. Still not too late for you to step forward and say, okay, I give up. I give up. You're right. You're right. The Bible is right. Everybody else is wrong. The Bible is right. I get, I, I, I'm coming. Amen. Does that mean I got to go to church here? No. The church is more than just here. Church is all over the place. Church is wherever believers are. 
God is not regulated to a denomination. He's honored his word. You've been baptized in Jesus' name, son. You've been baptized in Jesus' name? You, with a bow tie. Yeah? Better know it. Know it. Don't be guessing. See, mother, right here, this sister right here, have you been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? Washed in the blood? Not yet, right? You haven't done it yet, have you? Gonna do it tonight? You gonna do it today? We ready for you. We ready for you. The water's ready. Come on, come on! Hallelujah. We still got some holdbacks. Why? Nothing better. There's nothing more sure. There's nothing more right than what you got right here. Amen. We're going to baptize these folks. And look, somebody's in the water right now. You're about to witness the greatest of all miracles. This is greater than the blind receiving sight. This is greater than the lame walking. This is greater than the dumb talking. This is a soul whose name is being written down in the Lamb's book of eternal life. Let's celebrate with these folks as they are born into the kingdom of God. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood.